This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats, Life Beats. with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. Assalamu alaikum, hello Allah, and welcome to Life Beats. We're continuing the theme of transformation this week on Life Beats. And today we're looking at parenting with conscious parenting expert Anissa Sharif. We're going to be talking about punishment today, particularly yelling. Do you feel like that fixes things? It used to be that uh, spanking was the discipline to use against kids, but that's been in decline for the last 50 years but yelling almost everybody still yells at their kids at least sometimes i put my hand up as well and even parents who know it doesn't work they do it too households with regular shouting incidents tend to have children with lower self-esteem and higher rates of depression and a 2014 study in the journal of child development demonstrated that yelling produces results similar to physical punishment in kids increased levels of anxiety stress and depression along with an increase in behavioral problems so why do we still yell at our kids why is it so hard to stop and what can we do instead we're going to be answering those questions and so much more next on life beats on pulse 95 this is pulse 95 you're listening to the life beats podcast life beats life beats with sally musa only on pulse 95 95 Are you the parent who yells at your kids instead of spanking them, thinking that it's going to do the job without the physical harm? Well, uh, we've all done it. I put my hand up. I'm definitely one of those who does it. Um, But, of course, if you take a moment, you look at the whole thing, you realize, as Stephen Marsh recently wrote in a New York Times article, quote, yelling may be the most widespread parental stupidity today. And I kind of agree with that. To talk to us through why that is, how to stop and what we should be doing instead, I'm so pleased to be welcoming into the studio certified hand-in-hand instructor and conscious parenting expert, Anissa Sharif. Welcome. Hi, Sally. Thank you for having me today. <laughs> it's great to have you along. Now, um, for our listeners and for everybody who's listening now, it would be nice to, to talk about, you know, your journey into conscious parenting. And we hear about that quite a bit. Some of us are not really sure what that means. Some of us uh, know what that means, but don't know how to put it into practice. Yeah. Um, you know, how did you come to be somebody who is very concerned with uh, conscious parenting? Oh, yeah, that's kind of like a life journey. So to give you a little bit of background, I studied economics. That was a long time. (laughs) Nothing to do with parenting. Nothing, nothing. (laughs) And then I was working for the um, Dubai government for so long, (laughs) since 2001. And then I did my master's in social policies. And I was involved in education policies, human development policies, um, all sorts, uh, community development policies. And I'm also, on the personal side, uh, I'm the eldest of nine. Mm. Oh, wow. I'm the eldest, um, uh, the first grandchild from both sides of the family. So I always grew up with lots of kids around. And I've noticed different 
parenting styles from uncle, aunts, my own parents. Well, how many years difference between you and the youngest? The youngest, 24. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. So, so you were almost parenting yourself. Exactly. Exactly. So I was an adult when my um, youngest little uh, sister was born. So I thought when I got pregnant, then I'm, you know, I'm, I'm ready. I know how to parent. It's easy. It's going to be a piece of cake. But <laughs> I, <laughs> you know, I'm like, I have this experience and I'm always, I'm also working on a similar field. Uh, but I, I, I went and I bought a book and I said, okay, a little bit of preparation, you know. That's what, what we harm. all do. We write the, we, we yeah. read the book and we're thinking this is, we got yeah, it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's, it might sound a cliche, but every mother will identify with this. The moment you have your child in your arms and you think, oh God, what am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> and then they send you home from the hospital. and You have no clue what to do. And everything you know doesn't work. Exactly. It doesn't work. Exactly. So, and it not only doesn't work, it also makes you feel horrible yeah. when you try to apply these parenting advice, especially the ones that you get in popular books. Right. Because you feel like you're a failed parent. Yeah. I mean, like, why isn't this not working It with was me? in the book. There must be something wrong with me. So, like, after a month, the book went into the bin. And um, I had also to go back after three months to um, work. But this time I had a very different perspective. I thought, okay, so all of these policies and whatever we know about how to fix education and how to build humans and all of that, if it's not working on the level of one child, is it going to work on the like the community level? Yeah. So, and I was handling some interesting projects at that time. One of them was a parenting strategy. And we did lots of, I worked with, very interesting experts, uh, amazing people who opened lots of doors for me. And I thought, okay, I need a break. So I decided to quit my job and uh, no plan B that I just went and I researched. I wanted to find something for me. I didn't have any kind of business idea or whatever. It was just a journey to be a better mother. Wow. And you've got your daughter now, uh, Jenna, who is six. She is six, yeah. yes. And it took me a few years. The first year was just researching, reading, doing lots of courses online, child psychology, the theory of learning, all of that. And I'm, I have to admit, I'm a kind of a neuroscience junkie, so I like to read research about the brain and all of that. And that kind of led me to conscious parenting. And one thing led to another. And then I found hand-in-hand -hand parenting. And I started applying this with my daughter. And I found amazing, amazing results. It made life easier, parenting journey more joyful. And I thought, this is too good to keep for myself. I need to share this knowledge with everybody else. Wow. And so uh, th the great thing is we're talking about it here um, on Life Beats. And this is definitely something we can apply uh, for everyone because you know when your child does something uh, that you told them not to do or you told them to do something that didn't do it a lot of us think okay that well actually thinking goes out the window that's one thing you stop thinking I think as a parent True. 
and you just start yelling because you're reacting. You're being reactive. True. And you think, okay, this is not as bad as hitting your, your child. But actually, as we've just been discussing, um, you know, it can be just as bad. It has that effect, the same kind of effect um, as physical punishment. Is that something that you're seeing in your line of work? A lot of parents really frustrated, um, particularly with the idea of discipline and, you know, managing behavior and, and uh, you know, steering their kids' behavior in the right way. Yeah, it's interesting that you're using the word managing. And I think this is where we have the, the biggest problem. And when we talk about conscious parenting, we usually go back and understand what is it? What's happening here? We want to understand what's going, what's driving this behavior. Right. And before we can address it in a proper way, we need to think of our relation with our kids in a different way. Um, Normally, we think of um, this relation um, as a hierarchy. So we are responsible authoritarian yes exactly and we need to fix this and we need to be raising better children because this reflects on us as parents because then we're it's us it's all about us it's kind of us thinking if you did that in public i would be so embarrassed exactly that's the whole thing but the fact here that we're missing a, a very important person here which is the child so What's going on in their world? Why are they not able to cooperate? And cooperate is the word that I I like to use instead of manage. Cooperate. Yeah. So we we don't, if we keep thinking we need to manage this, we need to manage this, it's going to be a, a huge load for us even as parents. But if we think, okay, we need the cooperation and we need to help our kids to cooperate with us. And think of our role as parents, um, as we would think of the role of a coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we are walking alongside our kids. We're teaching them. We're supporting them. They come, as you might know. I mean, every child is very different. Exactly. And, and even moms, especially moms of twins, would tell you that. They might be twins, but the personalities would be so, so different. different. Yeah. So Each child has his own needs and personality and keys that we need to figure out. But what happens with parenting that it's a very emotional relation and it triggers us all the time. It's like we grew up and we have stored all of these sore points. We call them in conscious parenting. Every single person of us has sore points, even if we were raised by the most amazing parents. Things that happen to us from school, from uh, friends that we uh, had growing up, uh, our parenting, uh, our parents' sores that were passed to us. We have these sore uh, spots or um, sore points. And our kids trigger these things because they mirror us. Wow. So when we, when we have a child, we can't, like any other relations that we kind of, get triggered by we can't end the friendship or just not go and visit a relative that we don't like they're just with us we can't send them back we can't <laughs> you can't give them give back them ba- you're the parent no yes. so it's a constant uh trigger constant battle and and it's a, a reaction and action and and we're reacting to that all the time 
So the first thing we we advise parents to do when we talk about conscious parenting is just stop and look at your triggers. Oh wow. Why are you triggered in the situation? We're going to talk a, a bit more about this. Uh, I I just love where this conversation is going because that's exactly what it is and that's what it, what it feels like as a parent because you often we often react before we've realized we've reacted. And yes. it's like I really want to get to uh, next after the break. How do we stop that? Yeah. How do we take control again of our own emotions, of our own sore points? Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that. That's what you're calling them because it's true. If you think back uh, through all of that, uh, please do join us in the conversation. We're going to be back uh, next uh, after this. We are still on Instagram Live. Uh, if you've got questions for Anissa, do send them through right now. I know lots of uh, frustrated parents out there. Uh, so please do send your questions in for Anissa um, on Instagram Live or you can do it 4215 on Intercela 2022 on do as well if you don't want us to mention your name. We won't mention it as well. Um, more coming up on Life Beats after this. This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats. Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. We are back with Anissa Sharif, conscious parenting expert. She's with us here on Life Beats and we're um talking about what it's like being a reactive parent. I think that's a lot of us, Anissa. Um and definitely at the beginning of the year um, you know, we're reevaluating how we do things. And, and I, I think a lot of us want to be better parents. We yes. want to not just manage our kids, as I said before. It's a terrible use of words. I couldn't think <laughs> of anything else. Um, but, you know, we want to be, uh, like you said, more of a coach. Uh, but it's actually about not just, it's not about disciplining our kids. It's about disciplining ourselves first. And you started talking about the sore points um, that we have um, from our background, whether it's our cultural background, whether it's our parents, whether, um, you know, it's a whole bunch of things, any kind of experiences that we've had growing up. Um, and that all of that shapes our reaction as parents now. So from there, where do we go from there? How do we go about transforming our parenting? So the first thing, the first point, or like, of the solution is the awareness. It's easier for parents who are already aware of that to adopt a new methods Mm -hmm. and adopt a new um, ways and and learn and and own this, you know? Mm -hmm. It's not saying that I have sore points from the past or have triggers is not a bad thing. If you're aware of it and you own it, it can be a very big um, asset because you know yourself very well. And that will teach your kids also how to own the imperfection as a human being. Mm-hmm. And they will see you. You'll give them a, an example of, okay, I'm not perfect. I'm trying and I'm fixing and I'm learning. And that's the biggest lesson. This is, this is a value that they will take and will be with them for all of their life. So we're aware now. We know that it's our triggers and we need to work on our triggers. The first thing we do usually is understand how, and this is a bit that I really love, I understanding how the brain works. How do we make decisions? And what happens exactly in our brains when we get triggered? Right. 
Because apparently, you know, yelling is hardwired into us. Exactly. Reacting to things. It's like the fight or flight thing, isn't it? Exactly. That's exactly what it is. So we have different parts in our brains that's responsible for different parts, uh, for different um, functions. Right. And the logical part of our, uh, our brain, which is the one responsible for you know, um, self-control. First of all, we need to realize that it's not fully developed in human beings before the age of 21. So we expect a lot from our kids when we want them to manage their emotions and behave well when they are not even fully developed from that. And they're going through a lot themselves. Exactly. Especially at certain ages. Exactly. Especially adolescence and all of that. Yeah, I'm going and through before, that. And before seven, actually, it's not even there. It's like a very mushy, soft tissue. So it's it's very hard for a child who's under seven to regulate. So all the behaviors that we see is actual impulses. So they get angry, their brain is not working anymore, they have very minimum capacity to reach the thinking brain. And what's driving this behavior is the emotional part of their brain. Mm. Imagine how hard it is for us to control ourselves when we get triggered or when we're hungry or when we are sleep deprived. And we have the full brain developed and it's still hard. (laughs) <laughs> if, if we don't it's so true it's so true we struggle ourselves exactly how can you expect a child to you know not be bombarded with all of that themselves so our emotional needs and our physical needs they have to be met first in order for our logical brain to kick in and be fully there and mm. cooperative so This is a very important thing for parents and anybody who deals with kids and human beings. Seriously, this information will transform every every single relationship that you have in your life. If you understand why people are doing this, why you are doing this, why are you triggered? Because there's an emotional package that you you need to work on. A child might have uh, a dish and break it. One parent might be so calm about it. The other one might really um, blow up. This parent has experiences and they're unconscious. Sometimes they're not even conscious about that makes loud noises a big trigger for them. Mm. But when we understand this, it makes it easier for us to work on these emotions. I know that it's not the plate, so I can distance myself. Now, one of the things that we advise um, parents with, we, we hate. In conscious parenting, we don't advise or we don't recommend timeout for kids. Oh, wow. Not at all. No timeout. No timeout. We highly recommend timeout for parents. What? Though, so, yes. Oh, my gosh. Hold that thought. We're going to come back to that. Anissa Sharif, conscious parenting expert. She is with us here in the studio We're talking about what to do instead of yelling, instead of spanking, instead of reacting. um, I'm guilty of it. Are you guilty of it? Do you have a question for Anissa? Send it in right now. She is with us. We're on Instagram Live. You can text us on 4215 
on it. So 2022, if you are with Do, uh, we'd love to get your questions in for her. But I want to come back to this whole timeout thing. No timeout for kids. It's for parents. More next on Life Beats on Pulse95. This is Pulse95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats. Life Beats. With Sally Musa. Only on Pulse 95. 95. It's a great conversation with conscious parenting expert Anissa Al Sharif. She is joining us uh, to talk through punishment, basically, uh, yelling, spanking. You know, all of those reactive behaviors that we do that are so common. Spanking isn't common so much, uh, but parents still think it's okay to yell at their kids, not realizing that it affects them so much in everyday life um, in such a way that it's it's just as bad as physical uh, punishment as well. Uh, we're asking today, why do we do it and what should we be doing instead? We left off just before the break, uh, Anissa, talking about um, you said something uh, really important, saying that kids don't need time out. It's actually the parents who need time out. Tell us what you mean. Okay. So we use timeouts because we want the kids to go and think of the of what they've done what they've done and 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 do a better um, a, a better job next time <clears throat> but what actually happens that we just said that kids don't have the capacity to figure out uh, very complicated situations so what happens when we send them to time out and it depends on the personality of the child they don't sit there thinking oh I've done something really good let me see how can I do it differently next time they, they don't think like this mm. so they will probably most probably sit there thinking I have the worst parents in the world yeah. yes and they're going to come back and tell you after time out exactly and nothing will change in yeah. the behavior you will see the same behavior repeating once and and, and it's it says you will get stuck in this power struggle. You are putting them in timeout and then you're increasing the time and then they're growing up and then what are you going to do? What are the tools that you're going to use when they are 20 or 19 and you can't put them in timeout anymore? So you haven't, you kind of shot yourself in the foot here because you're using a non-sustainable strategy. But if you understand how the brain works and how the child is reacting to the external environment, mm. whatever is going in their own world, then you have the tools to explore that and to understand what's driving this kind of behavior. Okay. And understanding what's triggering you. Because sometimes there's nothing wrong with what the child is, has done. It's something that's triggering you there's nothing wrong with the situation but what if you're in a situation for example you know uh, your child is is hitting you know his sibling what if they're right. throwing things and you just want it to stop yeah okay well just let's take that as an example what should we be doing yeah great example you just go in between the two children face the one who's being aggressive because aggressive behavior means that there's something going on in their inner world that's make, ma making them react in this way. Now, if you don't hit, if you don't shout at your house, they're probably doing this because they are upset. They're struggling with controlling some kind of emotions 
inside of them. Okay. So what you need to do is help them go through it in a way that's not harmful to other people. So can you see the difference in the attitude? Right. So I don't go to my child like, you're so bad. You're hitting your sister. No. Yeah. I would just be like, stop hitting her. Yeah. You know, I just, that's my initial reaction. It's like, you know, I, I keep having to tell them, you need to love each other. Be kind to each other. Yes. Why, like, just please stop hitting. It doesn't stop, though. Yeah, There's always a struggle. Because you're talking to a brain apart that's not even registering at this point. You're talking to the logical I'm part. talking to myself right now. <laughs> like, there's no point in saying all of this. Yeah. You're talking to the emotional brain now. The emotional brain now is, is uh, hyped up. Mm. And it's in a reactive mode. There is an, a strong emotion coming out. And the only way that she can or he can express that or deal with this emotion is by throwing things at the other sibling. So if you start lecturing at that point, it's not registering. What you do is go in between and face the one who is being aggressive, as I said, mm -hmm. and just hold them there. Look them in the eye and say, stop it. Without any lecturing, because now they're not listening to you. Whatever you say is going beyond their heads and you'll be frustrated because you'll put lots of energy trying to explain what's going on or how they should behave and they're not going to register. Most probably that child will calm down. Sometimes if there's a strong emotion coming out, they might have a tantrum, they might yell, they might do whatever. You have to allow that emotion to come out. Okay. And be as calm as you can. And just kind of be there for them to let it out. Exactly. Hold the space for that child. Just hold the space for them. Wow. Realize that they are going through a tough time. They're struggling with something and they can't manage it. They're not bad. They're just struggling. And after this whole storm passes, you'll have plenty of time to tell them how to behave, to model that for them, most probably you wouldn't need to because they know that what they've done is wrong. Mm. They know that they need to be kind to their sister. It's something that you've installed in them already by the way you treated them because you've been kind to them when they were upset. You've helped them to come over this strong behavior that they're having and they're struggling with. So it's all about modeling and Stopping, yes, we, we're not saying that we're, we're not talking about permissive parenting here. We need to put um, limits to behaviors. That's, that's our responsibility. Our kids are still learning and we need to put limits. But putting limits can be done in a very gentle, respectful way. Just stop it. Stop the behavior. Make yourself the buffer between the two siblings and let the one who's angry Take all the emotions out. Hold the space for them. Wow. And they will be fine. That's powerful. That's powerful. We're going to come back uh, with some more with Anissa Sharif, uh, conscious parenting expert. Kind of got chills. I'm just like, okay, got to do this differently next time with my girls. Um, if you've got questions for Anissa, uh, we've just got one more segment left in the show. So do send the, your questions in now for her uh, or do do it on 4215 for Itisla 2022 on Do More on Life Beats after this. This is Pulse 95. 
You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats. Life Beats. With Sally Musa, only on Pulse 95. 95. Yes, uh, we are with Anissa Sharif, conscious parenting expert in a really amazing discussion. This is our first parenting discussion of 2019. And I tell you what, I've already learned so much. I've just said to Anissa, I need to go home. Once we put the podcast up, I need to listen to this over and over again. Because the stuff that we're talking about here, it's transformational. This is uh, real stuff. And I want to get it right. Like we were saying in in the break, Anissa, um, it can be hard to begin with. Um, it's like going to the gym. You know, you don't go to the gym and lift, you know, yes. whatever, 50 kilos. It is hard. Immediately. You don't even have a model of how to do this. It sounds easy when you read it in a book. Or it sounds when easy. I, yeah, when, when you I say it you, so yes. calmly and beautifully. But yep. when you've got, you know, one child has said something, you know, th- to her sister and her sister hits her. And then it's just like a back and forth. And you have to put yourself in the middle of that and be yeah. the buffer between the and two. And you just came from work and you're tired and you haven't had a good night's sleep and you had a fight with your boss or whatever. It's hard. It's really hard. So we really acknowledge that part. We should be easy on ourselves in parenting. When we say conscious parenting, we're conscious about our kids' feelings, what's going on in their inner world and our own feelings and what's going in our world. And sometimes it's okay say listen guys this is too much i can't take it i need a break we'll talk about it later it's good for your kids to see that you're also a human and to see how you deal with your stress this is the modeling that you do this is how you teach them they're not learning from whatever you're saying they can't hear anything you're saying you they watch you they watch you all the time and it registers and what you do this is what what's the most important so when you're tired when you're you can't handle it and you can't be that buffer in the example that we were talking about just say listen this is too much for me i had a tough day i need a break i'm going in my room i'll take 10 minutes calm down and then i'll come and talk to you about this you can do this it's all right to do that of course give yourself the space give yourself the space as well of course yeah so (laughs) okay so we're talking about you know putting yourself uh in between you know your child being the buffer for your child giving them allowing them the space to um, process emotions that um, they otherwise don't really know how to process and you know that's I I just I love that I don't know how how easy it's going to be I'm going to try it myself but it shows the child that actually you need to everybody needs to process emotions yeah and you can do it calmly and you can do it quietly uh, if you need to punch a pillow, punch a pillow yeah. or whatever it is, but don't take it out on other people. So the rule is emotions are okay. Emotions, emotions are, are okay. okay. Behaviors are not. So you can be angry. You can be upset. You can be jealous. It's all right. These are emotions. We don't place a judgment on emotions. And everybody has them. That's normal. We're but, human beings. We have you, emotions. You can't act on them. Exactly. If you're angry, this is how, how you can process your anger. Punch a pillow, go on the floor, go in your room, yell on whatever. But you can't hurt someone. You can't hit your sister. You can't be destructive. Something. No. Yeah. So Place the boundaries. Exactly. Like you said, it's it's not permissive parenting. No, not It at is all. very much about setting boundaries, but doing it in a way that you model that behavior that you want to see in your kids. And respectful to your child mm. and to, to their emotion and to the fact that they're still learning things. 
and the fact that their brain is still developing. They still don't have the capacity. We hold them responsible for more what we than what we hold ourselves responsible to. It's so hard for us to control our temper sometimes, and we want them to do that. So true. It's very true. Uh, something, uh, you know, we are talking here about punishment, but actually uh, something that you said to me in the break, which completely floored me, oh, yeah. is um, you shouldn't be punishing, mm-hmm. but you shouldn't be rewarding either. Yep. yep. Oh, my gosh. We've got literally two minutes, three okay. minutes left <laughs> of the show. How am I going to explain this in two I minutes? I think you need to start explaining it, and then we need to continue this in another yeah. show. I'll give you just... Um, a small analogy of what I, an analogy that I use usually to explain this concept. So reward is the flip, the other side of the same coin as punishment, because we want to manage the behavior, mm-hmm. right? So you have a four years old and you have the sticker charts and you give them stickers every time to encourage them to do some kind of behavior that you want them to do. At one point, these stickers will stop being attractive to them. Right. So what are you going to give them? Money? That's the problem. As they get older, it gets more expensive. Exactly. 12, <laughs> what are you going to give them? An 15? iPad? <laughs> Laptop. I, I was chatting oh. to a mom the other day who was also, she reacted to this idea. She was in one of our workshops and she said, how can we parent without rewards and then after weeks she sent me a text message saying you know i was with a friend today she has a seven years old daughter and she was asking her to do something and the daughter was saying no so the mom said i'll give you money for that and the daughter said um 100 dirhams no less and you have to pay me in cash and now demands Oh, yes. my goodness. And the mom, because she was so embarrassed, she had gifts and all of that. She gave her that money. So what kind of human beings are we raising here? Do you want a human being who drive their car on a road um, sensibly just because they're afraid of the fine and the right, the, the, the police? Mm-hmm. Or do, they, do you want them to drive on the road sensibly because they really appreciate their life and they are respectful to other people's life so rewards actually places an external um motivation for behaviors they don't install values we there have to talk about that ways to install values this is up for a whole new show how to instill values in your kids just very quickly uh amongst the 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 questions that we've gotten today from uh, nuna hey nuna uh great to have you uh texting in she says my four-year-old twins are always fighting together, although uh, they also have fun at sometimes. Any advice for what to do with them? Okay, uh, this can take a long time, but I would um, talk about a very simple technique. And it might, my, my hunch is telling me that because they are twins, we usually tend to deal with twins as a one unit. Okay, so we don't give an attention individually or some one of them would be harder than the other more difficult or whatever so we use a technique called uh, special time and people think oh you we, we, we spend lots of time with our kids or and we do special time but most of the time when we do special time we come with our own agenda let's play this game let's do this together uh, the special time that we use is one-to-one 
we set a time, even if you have five minutes for each child, give someone um, something to play with or leave them with the dad or with whoever is helping you at home and put five, 10 minutes every day with one child individually, one-to-one with each child, sorry. Uh, and let them choose what they want to do. Just be there, curious about what they want, let them lead the way and accept whatever whatever they want, even if it's something that you usually say no to, as much as you can, if you can take the rules away in this time, the special time, the five minutes that you're gonna spend together, just fill them with love. If you do this over a few years, this might help improve the relation between them. I like that. Great advice, especially if you have multiple children. Yeah. Yeah, you know, three, two, three, four, five, whatever it is. Um, I've heard of some parents uh, uh, allocating time. We will talk about that uh, again uh, in the next time when you come because you have to come back. Oh, I'd love Huge to. reaction you. today to our conversation. Anissa Sharif, Conscious Parenting Expert, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. What thank a pleasure you. to have you on the show. It's a pleasure. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 10 a.m.